It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You say Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac can't play together. I say, well, let's just keep trying this out because I think they can. And I think they will. And I think the magic will be better for it. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 19th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk all about Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac as both players figure to be key parts of the Orlando Magic coming up in the next season. As we continue our player outlook series as the NBA season is coming closer and closer and closer with training camp opening on Monday, or on or Tuesday, October 1st, with Media Day on Monday, September 30th. So we are almost to the beginning of the 2020 season. So we'll take a look at some of the players. We'll hit the two big ones today, Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. If you missed our earlier conversation in the week, you could go back into our archives by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, wherever you download podcasts, and listen to my conversation with Adam Papagiorgio of the Penny and Pops podcast. On Monday's episode... We talked about Magic history and the most underappreciated players in Magic history. It's a fun, it was a fun conversation. I know a lot of listeners reached out to me and said they were they were in, in, interested to hear more about Magic history and and some of the stories that they may not know, especially some of the newer fans. And then, of course, on Tuesday's podcast, we talked about the upcoming season and what to expect from the Orlando Magic moving forward as they hit a pretty big 2020 season coming up here. Before we move on, though, to the ne- to our next phase here with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, I want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here with a local expert who knows their team best. Plus, NFL season in full swing now. You can check out all our podcasts on the Locked On NFL podcast, plus colleges and baseball, too, and our national podcast, of course, Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I was on Monday's episode, or in an earlier episode, I was on Monday's episode of Locked On uh, NBA, of course, talking about the FIBA World Cup and Evan Fournier's performance there. Um, they, they talked about Markel Fultz on Tuesday as well. So definitely a lot of good national perspective on, on the Magic and, and on the NBA from Locked On NBA. You can find all these podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Today, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Also, be sure to check out Mack Weldon. Uh, it is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Also, check out Peloton. If you can't find a workout that keeps you engaged, Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a real get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When you are drafted pretty high in the draft, there's a lot of weight and expectation to you. There's a lot. There's always the belief that the higher you're drafted, the more you're supposed to become a star or an all-star player or contribute fairly quickly and contribute in, in, in very obvious, meaningful ways. A lot of hope is pinned to these high draft picks, fair or unfair. I would argue to a lot of people that whether a draft pick is successful or not has very little to do with the number in which they are picked, but whether they are contributing quality players in the NBA. I think when you set unnecessary expectations on a player, that's when that's when they struggle to reach those goals and, and you end up maybe losing out on a pretty good player. Now, of course, you do want to get those star players and the higher you are drafting, the better chance you have of finding one of those guys because you have your pick of the litter. You have to trust your scouting department. But when you look at some of these lists of the best young players in the NBA and, and uh, our pals at the Step Back just came out with their list of the 25 best players under 25, I have my thoughts on that list. I will reserve those uh, for a little bit later on in the show, actually. Um, and yes, the, the Magic are noticeably absent. And, and and when you look at that list of those top players, you, you kind of see a lot of favor to the guys that hit early, that are just very clearly ready to play in the NBA or just by circumstance or, you know, frankly, by luck. You know, I always say this, if Donovan Mitchell doesn't end up with the Utah Jazz, a really stable program that, you know, had a lot of veterans is he what he is already? Certainly, he spent more years in college and was a lower draft pick, but you kind of get the point. Situation matters a lot. Jonathan Isaac is seemingly often forgotten among these great young players. I was looking at the list of, you know, the Ringer had an article looking at, okay, who's coming up from Team USA for Team USA that can kind of take the mantle when the stars decide to stay home. And they had the usual list, Trey Young, who I think would be there, and, and uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., and they left off Marvin Bagley, who had a fantastic training camp. But And I'm not saying Jonathan Isaac should automatically be in consideration, but, you know, he was on the select team, and, and I think that it is fair to say that he is someone that you have to at least keep on the periphery if depending on how he develops. The bottom line is Jonathan Isaac isn't considered one of the best young players in the league quite yet. Entering his third season, it still doesn't feel like his game has quite reached its potential or anywhere near its potential, to be perfectly honest. Of course, his rookie year was lost to injury. Played barely 20 games, missed 50 games in a row with an ankle injury and the Magic. Opted to to bring him back slowly, looking at the long-term picture. And so... In that, if that's the case, last year really turned out to be his rookie year. Magic essentially redshirted him a year. 
not that you get the benefit, the same benefits you do under college rules of, of redshirting, but the Magic essentially redshirted him a year. And, and so last year was essentially his rookie year. And when you view it under that prism, Isaac's outlook starts to look a little rosier. He had a player who was a starter for a playoff team. And that, that, that's, those are factual statements. Jonathan Isaac started for a playoff team. Averaging only 9.6 points per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, 0.8 steals, 1.3 blocks per game, a 49.9 effective field goal percentage. It, 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 it's, he's not a complete project. In fact, he had only a 14% usage rate. Someone who just didn't blend, he blended in a lot offensively. Wasn't necessarily a player that came to the forefront. But one of the big reasons the Magic made the playoffs, one of the big reasons the Magic made their push to get into the postseason was because the light bulb switched on for Jonathan Isaac. There were several factors where things just all clicked into place. And it's undoubted that Jonathan Isaac was one of them. The Magic began their 22-9 and run on January 31st. From then until the end of the season, Isaac upped his scoring average to 11.8 points per game. Fairly modest. 6.2 rebounds per game, still averaging 1.6 blocks per game, 0.8 steals per game. Shot 35.9% from beyond the arc. 35.9%. I think he was under 30. He was certainly under 35 at that point. He was around 33-32 before that. Things began to click for Isaac offensively and becoming a reliable three-point shooter, about league average perhaps, but becoming a reliable three-point shooter turned Jonathan Isaac into something much more. The issue with Jonathan Isaac was never the hard stuff. Believe it or not, for young players, defense is the hardest thing to learn. Defense is the most difficult thing for a young player to grasp. And yes, Isaac still makes some mistakes. But he was a much more natural defender than he was offensive player. And so it was building up the offensive confidence that would make him really valuable for the team. And Isaac had some big games. You know, maybe not 20-point games. I remember Zach Oliver and I on our preseason podcast last year, I put in over-under on the number of 20-point games, and I thought Isaac would hit the over. I think it was like two or three and a half. He didn't get that far. I think his career high was 19 and was early in in the season. But Isaac scored enough and showed enough offensive confidence that teams had to respect him a little bit. Now, granted, in the playoffs, everything decreased. Everything went down. But Isaac showed enough potential that, that he could keep working, keep building strength, and be a really valuable offensive player. He had a nice two-dribble pull-up from the mid-range. He was willing to get dirty and get, get, get in the paint when he when needed and attack the glass. Isaac can run the floor. There's a lot to like about Jonathan Isaac. But like so many young players, like so many players who are still finding their way in this league or are just... Very, very raw. And, and Isaac, when he entered the league, was very, very raw. It was clear he was not just kind of physically strong enough to make the playoffs. He's claimed he's added 20, 20 pounds this year, at least. 
and that should help him. But it's still not clear how much his game can expand or what an expanded Jonathan Isaac looks like. And so what the task is now as Isaac enters his third year, the second full season essentially, is it's time to shade in those edges. It's time to get a clearer picture of what the final product of Jonathan Isaac look like, looks like. I don't think we'll see the final product. I think there'll still be ups and downs. He's still a young player, and his defense will still be ahead of his offense. But what you want to see this year is see him become a better three-point shooter because, you know, I joked on the, on the cold open there about Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac playing together. I believe they absolutely can play together. I believe they absolutely can be a perfect tandem in this versatile NBA. Isaac and Gordon are forwards. It doesn't matter what you call them. It, one's the three, one's the four. It doesn't matter which one's which. When they are on the floor, they are perfectly interchangeable, and that's the point. But that partnership doesn't work if either one is a below-average three-point shooter. One of them has to become a knockdown three-point shooter. One of them has to be able to spread the floor for the other. Or else, then yes, there, there is a problem. And, you know, kind of the most common refrain that I see from people who are fishing around the Magic or, or trying to suggest that the Magic should, should break up this duo is that they can't play together. And I think that's, I don't think that's conclusive at all yet. There's enough evidence last year that this could work. And, they're, and both Aaron Gordon at 24 and Jonathan Isaac at 21 are young enough and have experienced success together to continue the experiment further. But the key to making it work is their shooting. If Isaac becomes a better three-point shooter like he showed at the end of last season, then this certainly can work. And that's really what this season becomes about. If I'm not mistaken, Coach Steve Clifford said that you know one thing he would like to do is get Isaac more looks. And, and as he grows and as he matures, his usage rate should come up. And yes, that will take shots away from other players, but Isaac should be able and should be ready to take on a little bit more of that responsibility. In some respects, he should also be one of the team's best defenders and take on more defensive responsibility against the other team's best players. Going up against Pascal Siakam in the playoffs, Siakam got him. Isaac gave Siakam a lot of problems in the regular season, but Isaac kind of got bullied around a little bit. So adding that muscle is going to help him. But this season does have the potential to show us what Isaac can ultimately be. If last year was his rookie year and just kind of seeing him dip his toes in the water and seeing what flashes of greatness we could see, and, and we saw plenty of it on the defensive end especially, as well as some offensive performances that were extremely memorable. If that if last season was about him dipping his toe in the water, this season is about him swimming on his own. Having a role that's much more than stand in the corner, stay out of the way, or the fifth guy on the team. Because... Frankly, Isaac is too important to this team's future to be someone cast off to the side. The Magic should feel confident and should be confident 
running plays for him to get him to his spots, to give him perhaps an isolation set, perhaps run a pick and roll for him to attack. That's the level Isaac needs to get to this year. If he is what he was last year, that's still a fine player. You know, I, I would honestly say if Isaac keeps up this defensive keeps up this defensive level and continues to improve on that end alone, he is more than a successful pick because his defensive potential is crazy good. I think he is a potential all defensive team player. And honestly, as good as I think Aaron Gordon is, and we'll talk about Aaron here in a bit, Isaac has more defensive potential and more all defensive team potential than Aaron Gordon. And I think Aaron Gordon's a very good defender. But now it's about piecing together those skill parts of the game that Isaac needs to find. And this year is going to go a long way to getting that done. But as important as he is to this team's long-term future, and his continued development will matter for the Magic, it's another piece of the puzzle. It's another player that has the potential to take this team to its next level. And someone who has to be able to take this team to its next level. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've made it no secret. I am really high on Aaron Gordon. I really think Aaron Gordon has the potential to be the breakout player of the season. If you go back and listen to my conversation with Adam Papa Giorgio on Tuesday, talking about the 2020 season, I've hinted at what I'm about to say here. If the Magic want to take the next step, if the Magic want to be a team competing for home court advantage this season, and they can do it this season, I do believe that. It's not going to be with Nikola Vucevic as the team's leading scorer, as the team's all-star. Nikola Vucevic is a fine player. You all know that I like him. You all know that that I that I probably defend him more than I should. But he has limitations. Aaron Gordon is still a player that doesn't have as many limitations. And Aaron Gordon is the player that could be the difference between merely fighting for playoff scraps and really taking the next step. His development has been a winding road. There's there's no getting around that. The Magic were an unstable organization when they drafted him. He had an injury, both his rookie and entering his second season that slowed down his growth. They tried moving him to small forward when he really wasn't ready for that position because his outside shot wasn't effective enough. And then they finally found some stability. The last two years have seen Aaron Gordon take his game to the levels that we all expected he would be at. Again, everyone develops at their own pace, but the Magic's lack of stability and lack of plan for developing him, plus some bad luck with Gordon's injuries because 
Every time Goran's had a healthy summer, he has shown significant improvements. But missing training camp in, in his second year and then again in his third year when he sprained his ankle were huge issues for him because he needed to kind of reinforce those and, and, and grow, and, and especially him because he was just so raw and athletic coming out of, co- coming out of college. But Gordon has really taken huge steps forward in the last two years. In 2018, Gordon became a scorer. Averaged around 17 points per game, was had a couple 40-point games, was hitting threes for the first time really in his career. He was really confident, perhaps overconfident, perhaps to the detriment of his team confident. And we all would sit here and complain or notice that, yes, Gordon tends to derail the offense and look for his own a little bit too much. As I said back then, those were growing pains. If you want to be a star in this league, you got to kind of learn and go through those mistakes of when do I take mine, when do I get others involved? And especially because the team wasn't winning, there wasn't that much harm to doing it. Now, Gordon got humbled on more than one occasion while he was doing all that. Um, he, you know, threw some fits perhaps as well throughout that process as 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 it was clear that, yes, some of, some of his scoring forays were hurting the team and, and the team didn't really work well together. And it looked like he was trying to be that guy again last year when Steve Clifford kind of put the kibosh on that. Steve Clifford always had his goal for Aaron Gordon to be an all-defensive team player, to get Gordon back to his defensive goals, which, remember, he said during his opening press conference he wanted to be Defensive Player of the Year. That was the first thing he said. Not an all-star, not an MVP. He wanted to be Depoy. And that's still where his best skill is. But Clifford got him to really focus in on his efficiency and what he could do for his teammates and how he could work best for his teammates. And obviously, it worked. Gordon averaged a career high in assists. His scoring dropped down to 16 points per game, but he shot a career best from beyond the arc around 34.3.4%, something like that. Everything and his, and his defense was back to the level that we all know he can be. And of course, the team succeeded. The Magic made the playoffs, so everyone bought in. It can be that simple sometimes. But when it came, when push came to shove. Gordon was sometimes a bit too passive for my liking. If the pendulum swung all the way to the, you know, stereotypical Kobe side of I'm going to get mine and I'm going to put as many many shots as I need to 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 get mine, last year it swung almost to the other end. And it didn't hurt the team because he was moving the ball well, he's defending, and and so if you're going to swing to one end, maybe that conservative side is the way to swing. But when it came down to the playoffs, when Nikola Vucevic was struggling, when Evan Fournier was struggling, when the Magic weren't getting the paint touches they needed and weren't uh, generating much offense, they needed someone to step up. And it's not that no one was looking or no one was fighting for for, for a way to step up. But Aaron Gordon felt like the guy that needed to. 
And in fact, when you go back and look at the playoff stats, not only did Aaron Gordon lead the team in scoring, but he was honestly, undoubtedly, the Magic's best player in the postseason. Yes, his scoring was down in the playoffs, 15.2 points per game, but he still shot a 53.2 effective field goal percentage, 7.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.2 steals per game. Even though Kawhi Leonard averaged 27 points per game at a 63% effective field goal percentage, I never thought Gordon's defense was particularly bad. He kept I thought he kept Leonard in front of him for the most part, and Leonard just made a lot of shots. Or maybe Gordon wasn't physical enough, or Gordon didn't raise his game to kind of a playoff intensity because he didn't know he had to. The playoffs are going to be real instructive for Gordon on that front. Because now he knows the level of play that he has to get to. But another important thing happened during those playoffs. In Game 4, with the Magic struggling to stay in it and and threatening to go down 3-1 in the series, Gordon had to step up. And at least for the third quarter, he did. He was the talk of the NBA. He showed exactly what kind of an all-star Aaron Gordon looks like. Now, granted, going up against Kawhi Leonard, he had his struggles. And perhaps that's why he tried to take a bit of a backseat in the playoffs. But no player on this Magic roster right now has the potential to take a leap the way that Aaron Gordon does. We've seen what he can look like offensively. We've seen what he can look like defensively. And now, sort of like how I said we need to start shading in the kind of the contours of Isaac's game. This season, we need to know exactly what Aaron Gordon is. Now, 24 is far away from his prime. He's still got plenty of room to grow and keep getting better. But he's also been in the league for six years, or this will be a six-year coming up. We, also, we already understand a good portion of his game, but we see the areas where he can still grow. If the Magic are going to take a significant step this year, if the Magic are going to compete for home court advantage, going to win a playoff series, Aaron Gordon's got to be the guy. Yes, perhaps adding Markel Fultz, you know, can change the team a little bit. Yes, Evan Fournier returning to his mean should make the team a little bit better. Yes, Jonathan Isaac can make an unknown leap. I mean, I, I, I mean, these are all wild cards. Evan Fournier to a less extent, but Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, and, and to some extent Mo Bamba, are all unknown, exponentially crazy variables. They could be really good. They could be the same level. They could take a step back. They're young. Aaron Gordon is the one guy, to me, that's kind of in a make-it-or-break-it season. He's the one to me that says, if you're going to be the star that many of us think you can be, if you're going to finally realize the fullest of your potential, you're going to do it now. And if you don't do it now, well, you're still a good player. You're still a starter. You're still a high-level player. But if you don't do it now, when is it going to happen? If 
you don't do it now, how do we plan moving forward? Because yes, you know, Jonathan Isaac could develop into that. Could you know, all these things could happen. But ultimately, to me, the ability for the Magic to take a step up from seventh seed to fourth seed, or perhaps a little bit more, is on Aaron Gordon finally realizing this potential, his full potential, on defense and on offense. The Magic can play at a faster pace. That will help, of course. But Gordon has shown time and time and time again that he will put in the work to get better. He says that he wants to work on his post game, be more efficient in the post so that he can take advantage of smaller defenders. I believe that he has been working on that every single day of this offseason. I know he need, knows he needs to become a better three-point shooter. I have no doubt he's going to do it. As I mentioned on Tuesday, I hate to ogle over guys' bodies. But that man looks like he's added three, like four abs. He is, he is coming back to camp ready to go. I have no doubt about that. And I have no doubt that Gordon has taken this time to get better. To become more consistent. To become a better player. My question for him is whether he is ready to truly lead this team. Maybe not take the reins from Nikola Vucevic because I think Vucevic will still be very important. But to carry some of the burden that Vucevic carried throughout the year and couldn't carry in the playoffs. The Magic need that guy. And that guy to me is Aaron Gordon. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Or follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore md, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to be it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.